Hi, welcome to Love Leia. Thanks so much for tuning in and you're listening to the Gering series, which is a series specially focused on um, just all kind of stories about uh, Gerim and um, whatever they had to deal with. Um, with me is an amazing, amazing guest. I, I can't believe, like, I couldn't do such a series without this guest. And it's my dear friend, Basia. Basia, welcome. <laughs> Thank um, you. For those who don't know you, can you like tell the ladies a little bit about yourself? Absolutely. Thank you so much for letting me come and speak with you today. This is so fun. Um, a little bit about me is I grew up in Utah and it was in a very, very strong Mormon community. Um, and for anyone who doesn't know what that is, that's just a, a very strict Christian religion. And uh, I, I was living there until about 19 years old, and uh, and then I moved around the United States a little bit, and I would I will be really excited to tell you my journey. I'm really looking forward to it. Like I'm telling you, you have such a special. Like obviously I know because I know you already, but like you have such a special story, and I just like I think it's also so crazy like how we met you know like just like a little bit like background like um I, I think like sometimes you meet these people and you just connect to them and that's mm -hmm. it like you're stuck to them in some way you know like I don't know if you experience the same thing <laughs> yes you're definitely one of these people <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hashem, you know but like mm -hmm. let's just like dive in uh, how did you, like, coming from such a community, how did you start looking into Judaism? Yeah, it was actually really interesting. My grandparents had a really large library in their home. And when I was about eight years old, I was in their library and I noticed they had a new series of books on all the religions in the world. And so I was kind of looking through them and, you know, the books were nice, but I remember finding the one on Judaism and there was just something there. There was a spark. There was something that just really felt like really amazing to me. And as I flipped through the book and looked at the pictures and everything, I just thought, wow, this is this is amazing. So, you know, I run to my parents and say, I want to be Jewish. <laughs> and as Christians, they were not having it. <laughs> they, they thought it was ridiculous. And, you know, I didn't think about it too much more um, at right. the time. But every couple years, something would happen that would kind of remind me about Judaism. Really? And I just, yeah, yeah. You know, in that area, probably over 90% of the people were Mormons and the other were just other types of Christians. So I actually never really knew Jewish people. But um, a few years after this incident, you know, a Jewish boy moved into my school and I became very good friends with him and things like that. He didn't stick around for too long, but, um, and, and other things like that, uh, different teachers, I would find out that they had a connection to Judaism or um, I would stumble upon Jewish music at this CD store, you know, back when they had <laughs> like right. CD stores. Right. And, um, yeah. Uh, so it's it's interesting. It always just kind of uh, played this piece in my in my life. And like another example, I, I was a musician my entire life and uh, I was on the college campus and I noticed a flyer saying we're looking for someone for a band. And when I showed up, it was a Jewish klezmer band. And I mean, it, it's just one of those things that little things like that 
just kept right. reminding me, right. reigniting that spark that I felt from a child. I think it's so funny, you know, like, because Hashem has a way of making us smile when we look back and now yeah. realize all of those things, like why they happen. Um, right. And I think it's so funny, like also, but I also think it's interesting, like I come really from the opposite. Mm-hmm. I come from like this big Jewish, like I really grew up in Mamash in the Jewish area with right. Jewish people surrounding me. Uh, like orthodox people and I think it's so funny how we come from such different ways and yet each one of us find our own way you know exactly yeah I I agree I think Hashem gives us exactly what we need to find our path yeah Yeah. exactly it's so funny because that just makes you realize like the more so that how how we just need all of us different things like Mm -hmm. and how all how all of us are so different that something else can bring us back you know exactly and yes. I think it's just nice to think about that and it serves as a right nice reminder that we can't all bring everybody back the same way we were brought back you know 100 mm-hmm. percent um, right if that if that right. makes sense yeah <laughs> so it that does. was like you oh, sorry go ahead yeah. no no go you go ahead please <laughs> uh, was that like your first memory of Judaism like that book that you read Yes, yes. Um, You know, obviously growing up in a Christian environment, being so religious, you know, we read the Old Testament and, um, you know, and and that talks about the Jews a lot. So, I mean, I was familiar with, you know, those biblical stories and things like that. Um, But I would have to say that was the first moment where I really saw pictures of, you know, Orthodox people or the land of Israel, or, you know, I was exposed to how it is today as opposed to just reading about those old stories in the Bible. Right, right. Yeah. I find that so interesting, like, you know, how you can sometimes remember such, like, spark that it gave you. Because um, right. how old were you then? Like, do you remember how old you were? Yeah, I was, I was about eight years old. I mean, I was just a little kid, and I, I just remember the pictures in this book and, right. and seeing the Hebrew writing, and, and you know, I thought, wow this <laughs> is so so cool but it's like kind yeah. of funny though you know like because who who knew that you would remember a book like yeah it seems yeah. so simple <laughs> like you know <laughs> right right it, and and I think that's the beauty of how Hashem works is that just the little small simple things he just plants the seeds because obviously that wasn't the time for me to come to Judaism but he right. planted the seed he <laughs> he lit that little spark and and allowed it to grow and grow over the years so you know it's it's beautiful I think right so so when did you knew like really knew like this is what I want to do like this is who I want to be I would have to say probably around the age of 16, I I was very, very convinced that that was what I wanted to do. But unfortunately, when I went back to my parents again, they they were so upset by that and they tried to get, uh, you know, other church members to talk to me and things like that. And I remember asking questions about their religion and about Christianity. And I was thinking, this just doesn't make sense to me. And I, I would try to ask, you know, for them to explain the discrepancies I was finding. And they would say, oh, well, you just don't have enough faith. You've got to go and pray some more, you know, and it was always something they were saying I wasn't good enough and they weren't giving me answers. And so um, 
unfortunately, even though I knew from an early age this is what I wanted to do, my family made it so difficult that I realized it wasn't the right time to do that. I, I didn't want to fight with my family. So right. at the age of 18, I left that religion. And then at 19, I moved out of the state to just try to get away from it. But, right. you know. Did you just, feel like, like you're missing something at that time? Like, did you feel like, like, was it, I imagine that it was quite hard for you to, to put a pulse or something that you really wanted to be or, or like, the person that you strive to be was that hard for you like to to just not being able to do that yes it was so hard I always just felt like something was missing or I I had this strange sadness inside of me you know and you know I, I guess I thought oh well I just maybe have a little depression or something like that you know like I I didn't think much of it but I I would try to fill my life with other things that I enjoyed like music or art or you know um, anything else but it just I could never really quench that you know that thirst for something more I, I could never really find what gave me purpose um, right. now that I've come to Judaism it's like that sadness has disappeared and that hole has been filled and so now I recognize oh that's that's what that was that whole time um so you right. know, Baruch Hashem, I'm Baruch Hashem. Yes. Yeah, like Hashem in his miracles. <laughs> it's amazing. Right. right. <laughs> so, right so. was that also like the whole? Like, would you describe it as a whole? Because for me, like, I come from a background that like praying was strange, and like you know. But I, I imagine that you had a, 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 another background where you did pray and you did like have some sort of connection to Hashem so what mm -hmm. was it that was missing for you yeah um you're definitely right even though I wasn't religious I always made sure to keep that connection with Hashem and I I would pray all the time but um you know I I think what I hit upon a few seconds ago saying I didn't know what my purpose was I just right. felt like there's there has to be more to life than you know, just going to parties or, you know, like going to work every day or something, you know, I, I felt like, what am I doing? I don't have right. a purpose. I don't have a framework to live my life by. I don't, you know, where's the yeah. blueprint of how I should do things. And it just, it felt like it wasn't complete my life, right. even though I, I was that. doing good things. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Even though like you are doing things, but like, I definitely hear that. Like, yeah. Right. I mean, like, you're there for a reason, you know, mm -hmm. but yes. you feel like now that reason is like there, right? Like, oh, so much, so much. And even more than I ever could have imagined. I didn't realize that life could be this good. Now, granted, I mean, okay, it's still life. We're, we're going to have our problems and ups and downs and things like that. But I feel like I have the tools now to deal with the problems that arise and I I have the bigger picture of you know like Gamzulatova like this too is for the good I know that everything Hashem does is for the good so now when I have a bad day or a problem I think okay I know I can get through this and you know I have right. I have a nice community now and and I have um you know a Rav that I can go ask questions to and, and mentors that help me navigate these things whereas before I just felt so alone so. right 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 I hear that like I, you, that you said like I have tools I always like try to compare like the Torah 
and like mm-hmm. whatever we have or, or halachot and everything to if you buy like um, an oven for instance so you always get like a manual right so this is like right. really imagine the manual for life yeah. like you have everything in it and some people don't bother to read the manual like to be honest if I buy a tool I don't bother to read the manual before but yeah it does say everything you know? right exactly exactly yeah. I couldn't have said it better myself that's beautiful <laughs> right yeah. so yeah. going back to like that 18 year old you what happened next? Like you moved to a different state. What happened? Mm-hmm. Yeah, unfortunately, I I got married really young and to someone who wasn't the best for me. Um, but I, you know, so during that period of time, I didn't really look into Judaism so much because I was just busy being married. Um, but when that ended, I I realized, oh yeah, I wanted to kind of try to figure out a better way to live my life. So I was about 24 and I said, yeah, I remember how, how Judaism made me feel. So I wanted to do that. So I went to my parents again and, and told them I really want to do this. And it caused such a massive fight. You know, it was so horrible and I'm very, very close with my family. Right. So that was really, really difficult. And, and they were kind of saying like, oh, we're going to disown you and do this. Now, granted, I was an adult and I, I could have just, you know, done whatever I wanted, but my family was so important to me that I knew that wasn't the right time. And I didn't even know where to start. I didn't know any Jews. I didn't, there's no Jewish people or no communities in Utah. I mean, there are, but it none that I knew of. So um, I, I just knew it wasn't the right time then. I thought it was more important to kind of stick by my family and things like that. So Fortunately, I didn't get to really try it then either. Um, but also part of the problem is I didn't know that when you are going through the conversion, when you ask a rabbi to start a conversion, they tell you no three times. And I just didn't know that. So I would go to one rabbi and say, will you help me? And he'd say no. So I'd go to the next one and the next one. And the next one. So between my family being angry at me and all the rabbis telling me no. For the first time. <laughs> if I knew, like, you just have to go. I just thought, okay, I guess this isn't something I can do. And that felt so sad because I just was thinking, okay, I guess this is not possible. So I tried to live my life the best that I could um, over the next, let's say, 10, 15 years, something like that. Um, And I I didn't try to really pursue it so much. But just one year, I was 38 years old. And I said, I cannot live one more year without Judaism in my life. I don't care if I have to. Yeah, I was like, I don't I don't care if I have to ask every rabbi in the entire world. I don't care if my family <laughs> cuts me off. So that I'm doing this. I, I have to do this. And uh, Baruch Hashem, everything started to fall into place because at that moment, it was the right time. It was Hashem's time, not my me trying to push it or force it. Right, right. But you figured out like a rabbi... <laughs> to yes questions (laughs) yes i finally finally figured that out (laughs) so who did you ask in the end some rabbi there in utah or what happened um yeah it was interesting there is a chabad rabbi that was living in my of course there is a chabad right of course out in the middle of nowhere utah (laughs) 
but you know they they don't really do um, conversions. So he he didn't initially get back to me. Um, but I knew I needed to study and learn on my own. And Baruch Hashem, I had such hashkafa <laughs> pratis, you know, like these these moments where Hashem just made things possible. So one of my my favorite stories from my journey is really early on in in 2019. Um, I met a young woman named Tikva, and she's an incredible artist and beautiful soul from Brooklyn. Um, and I, we don't know how we really met other than just through Instagram. Um, and I told her I was thinking about the conversion process. And she said, well, if you'd like, we can learn together. And what's so interesting about this is I had been praying the night before I was saying, Hashem, I want this so badly. I don't know how to do this. I don't know where to start. What am I going to do? And so I was just praying and crying. And I said, please, Hashem, just give me hope. Please just give me hope that this is possible. And then the next morning, that's when I met Tikva and she, you know, messaged me. <laughs> and Tikva means hope in Hebrew, which I really? thought, yes, I thought, <laughs> okay, that's wow. Hashem talking to me. But through her, we learned together um, for several months, but she also, um, she had gone to camp with a girl when she was, uh, you know, young, like a teenager, uh, whose father had been on the basin of, um, in Milwaukee, and she said, let me put you in contact with this rabbi. And he had since moved to Chicago. And he said, you should come out to Chicago and, and check out this community and, and see what you think. And, you know, and so that's how the whole process really got started. Once I got connected with her and, and then this community here in Chicago, that's right. Right. It's yeah. so beautiful. Like, like, where did you even like start learning? Like, do you remember, like, what did you start learning? Yeah. Um, normally, you know, I, I do a lot of research on online and things like that when I'm interested in something. And I also knew that I didn't want to go the conservative or um, route or something like, you Why? know, or um, I just knew that the orthodox route was the right way. I wanted to do everything according to like the Torah, like no shortcuts. I knew it would be the most difficult, but for me, it was truth. And right. so I didn't want to go with reform or conservative or, uh, you know, reconstructionist or something. I knew that it needed to be orthodox. So then I kind of researched what websites and what books are orthodox to make sure I was getting the right information. So I started out with, you know, h.com and um, chabad.org, uh, some, some sites like that. And I just started reading articles and, and kind of learning about the culture and um, what, what the Torah was about, about the 13 principles of faith. And I really just tried to figure out you know, is this what I want to do? I know you're really big on visualization. You kind of, yes. you know, we talk about that a lot, <laughs> but um, that was something that was big for me too. And I remember as I was learning, I would just, every time I read a book or something, I would really visualize, could I see myself doing this? Could I, right. could I imagine wearing long skirts or covering my hair if I was married or never eating shrimp again? You know, I, right. I would ask myself those questions and, but I just started reading just nonstop. Right. 
right. book after book after book and website after website and started listening to Shiram and things like that. So, right. yeah. I remember so my, 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 my first like year being also like that because I remember I was, I did a pre-gear, they call it here like that. Hmm. It's just like before your gear that you just study because I uh -huh. wanted to really like, like you, I wanted to figure out if this was really for me. But then at some point I feel like I felt, I felt like, oh, now I know, like after what I know now, I could never go back. Like, never. how can you like live your normal life knowing what you know today? You know? Right. right, you couldn't. Yeah. <laughs> and what's so interesting at the beginning of my journey, I was always visualizing, hmm, can I do this? And then towards the end of my journey, every every couple of weeks, maybe every month or something, I would check in with myself and say, what if I wasn't on this path? How, and I would try to visualize my life without it. And it got to a point where I would just start crying to really? even imagine not having this in my life. And that's when I knew, okay, like yeah. this is this for is me. It. Like, yeah. I just couldn't imagine it would be so heartbreaking. So. Right. Right. Yeah. It's so beautiful, though. So you started learning with Tikva, which is funny because I actually also know you through Tikva. Like, I, yeah. I remember, like, on some random day, like, through my page on Instagram, uh, that I got a message from her. Like, and we talked, like, occasionally. And she was like, hey, I know this girl. Can she message you? And I was like, yeah, sure. Why not? You know? And it's so Isn't funny because she made this shiruch and Baruch Hashem, you know? <laughs> I know it's incredible. I couldn't believe that. Yeah. <laughs> you you were a big part also to, you know, you were a little further along in your yeah, process than near me. The end. By me also. It's yeah. so funny. You know, I find it so like, you know, Hashem makes me smile when I think about everything. I find it so funny because I remember like being my process and near the end. And I remember talking with people like you and like uh, another friend and they all just happened to convert in the same year that I completed my conversion because I converted wow. my much in the beginning of the year and it's like I think it's so beautiful you know like so many new souls that join uh, I'm, I'm Israel you know like it's incredible it's yeah. so incredible <laughs> I think it's it's so crazy that we converted still like in the same year you know <laughs> yeah yeah I would not have expected that I just no, could not have neither. seen that <laughs> me did yeah. you think that it would like take longer though um, you know, in total, it took two years for me, um, and I was expecting that it would take about that long. Um, that's kind of typical in the United States. Um, right. But also, I I was okay if it was going to take a longer time, because I wasn't in a rush. I really believed everything is in Hashem's time. Um, but I also dedicated huge amounts of time to studying. You know, um, once I moved right. to Chicago, I... I probably got seven or eight chavrusas. I was constantly, you know, like just taking classes and, and everything that I could. So, you know, uh, I, I think my process went a little quicker than most just because I really, really put a lot of work into it. Right, right. That's true. Yeah, I remember like studying with so funny because I remember standing with you right the day before my bedil, and it's just like you know you 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 never forget these days like you know these right experiences. I'll never forget it. <laughs> so um, great. But you moved cities like you obviously moved from Utah to Chicago. Like how was that for you? Like what made you do it? And did you experience any like issues with that or like what was that like for you? 
Yeah, um, I was ready to to move. I, I knew that I couldn't stay in a place that didn't have a community. I think the nearest one to where I lived was about um, two hour drive. And so, you know, you need to be in a place where you can learn and grow, but also that you can keep Shabbos. And, you know, so I, I knew that I needed to move. And when I had come to visit Chicago, it just felt like home. It felt it's so right for me at that time. And what I didn't know at that time, the basin that I went through, the CRC, is one of the strictest and most, you know, most difficult, (laughs) but it's the most kosher, like it's highly respected and and recognized in Israel and things like that. So, um, you know, it's, I feel so prepared because of what they kind of put us through. So um, one beautiful thing that I loved is I actually moved to Chicago on the Parsha week Lech Lecha, which is all about uh, Abraham, like having to leave his his family and his home and go. And I could, it was so relatable at that time because I literally left everything behind, all my people, all my friends, my home to go on this new journey. But knowing the rewards that, uh, you know, Avraham went through and, and received for doing that, I, I, it really gave me hope and, and strength to, to start in a new city, to start over. Cause I thought right, right. things it's will like, come from this. Right. Like it's good, but it's like hard though. Cause I know, like, mm-hmm. I know there are girls and women and men maybe also who are stuck in a place like Utah, but <laughs> much in the middle of nowhere. And they just kind of struggle making that move. Like I Hashem, was so fortunate that this is my hometown and I grew up, like I said, in a Jewish community. And we ended we ended back here, like in my town. Right. Um, but like, what would you like say to those people? Yeah, I mean, everyone's situation is different and you really do have to evaluate you know, your own personal circumstances. Um, I, you know, fortunately, I I didn't have children or a husband that I had to kind of do the logistics of of that. So it was easier for me just as a single person to move and get up and move. Um, But if I had to give advice, you really have to really know if this is what you want. And if you know that it's the truth, it's what's best for you. It's, you know, it's, it's what's going to make you happier, then everything else will come together. I mean, it, it'll seem impossible. Like I hardly had a penny to my name. I, I didn't, you know, I, I didn't bring really anything with me and, but I, I had faith in Hashem and I talked to him about it. And I, you know, I would say, I don't know how I'm going to do this. You know, this, it's so scary, but um, he, you know, he provides. And when he sees that you're doing something that is, you know, good and, and developing your character and and refining yourself, you know, he he comes through and he really helps you. So it may seem scary, or you might not know how to make it happen. But if you have faith, anything is possible. That's so true. Like, I so agree with that. Because I remember like, struggling, like, you know, I feel like the gear is not only a spiritual test or emotional test, but it's also like mamash a financial test, you know, oh, and that's yes. just testing your faith so much. Yes. <laughs> you're like just not understanding, like, why is this not going? Why is this not like working out? 
And then like Baruch Hashem by me and like I know like by you, Bezrat Hashem also, mm-hmm. like just everything falls together. And mm-hmm. like I feel like during the Gyo that financial struggle is really real, like, you right. know? Right. And you know, it's so interesting. I had no idea that it was so expensive to be right. Jewish. I didn't right. realize. Like not even to be Jewish, like just the mikvah fees and all the fees and then just, you know, changing all your closet because obviously you don't have nothing to wear that is snoot and then right. kosher and then, you know, it's like, right. oh, <laughs> it's, it's a whole different thing. And it's a and package. Then, yeah, right. <laughs> And I, I mean, I, I would, you know, obviously you don't want to get yourself in a bad financial situation, but that's my other piece of advice is, you know, if, if this is really what you're wanting to do and what's meant to be, you know, don't, don't put it off as like, oh, well, I'll do it when I have enough money or when right. it's a good time or when this job or that, you know, because right. there'll never be a time, you know, there'll always be things. There's never so, a good time to struggle. <laughs> right, exactly. So it's, it's like, you know, you have to just kind of know that it's going to be difficult, but that you will make it through and, you know, just, just go for it. <laughs> if if right. that's what you're meant to do, you know, if that's really, but you really have to be realistic with yourself. And, and right. I, I do suggest doing that visualization of, am I ready to commit to these things and do it? Right. And if you're not, then that's totally fine as well. Like nobody fine. like no at all forces yeah. you. Right. Right. So right. if you want to stay like, you know, and be in Ohio, that's, that's perfect. Like we'll see you 100%. in Galadin, you know? A hundred percent. Yeah. 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 I hear you. It's, it's just like a whole struggle. Like I feel if I look back, I just realized how much I struggled. I remember in the start when keeping kosher, like my husband and I, we were literally eating maybe potato and eggs in four different ways during the week. Right. <laughs> you know? <Right>. Like, <laughs> yeah, we've probably all been there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's not easy. And you get creative, I'm telling you. <laughs> Right. Yeah. It's, it's a difficult thing because ev- everything is not what you're used to. And, right. <laughs> but, you know, but you learn and you, you build upon, you know, your, your resources and your finances. It, it does come right. together. Right. Right. <laughs> it's just like, but it's just funny to me because it's just like already such a struggle, like spiritually and emotionally. And you just, like, I always said, like, you know, that you have to be ready to, to, to accept that you will change because you will not be the services person like at all mm-hmm. um, right. and it's just it comes like together all of those things and Hashem just really wants to see if if you're you're there if you're like 100% in with him um, yes yes he he will test you a lot yeah and there will be times that you think will this ever happen? I mean, can, yeah. you know, can I do this? Because it just seems so difficult. But, um, right. you know, the key is having that amuna and and building that connection with Hashem through, you know, prayer, because it, sometimes you feel so alone in this journey. Sometimes right. you do. <laughs> right. So, you know. Yeah. You know what is funny? Like there is a show on uh, YouTube. And I remember I was like watching, uh, there was a certain time when I was watching a love show on YouTube. 
And there is one of Rabbi Yaron Neuhoevel, and he talks about like Gerim, and he talks about how uh, if like your conversion is such a long time, then it's almost like you're not a true convert. Like, you know, if your conversion takes like eight years, it's not, you know, maybe it's not made for you. <laughs> Right, right, right. You start. I, I really, Mama, started doubting myself. Like maybe oh, no. I'm becoming that girl that it that it's not for me. You know. <laughs> right, right. Oh, that's yeah, that's hard. It, it, you know, and it's funny. Um, you have to get a sponsoring rabbi that kind of guides you through this process. Right. And it took me over a year to even find that rabbi. And to even start the process. So even though I was learning and, and I had moved and did, I thought, oh no, did I make this horrible mistake? Like I just uprooted my whole entire life, changed everything. And I don't even have a sponsoring rabbi. Like I haven't even started right. the process. So yeah, I totally know what you're saying. It does feel impossible at sometimes, but you yeah. just have to keep pushing through. Right, yeah. right. That's true. Um, did you like experience, like we talked about, you know, emotional struggles and financial struggles and, you know, all of that spiritual struggles, but did you really like have anything specific that you thought like, this was really like hard, uh, for me personally? Hmm. Um, I feel incredibly blessed. Uh, like, Baruch Hashem. Baruch Hashem. I, I didn't yeah, I have, <laughs> right, right. Um, <laughs> I didn't have anything that really was a massive struggle for me um, because I think I'm, I'm older in the process, you know, by, by the time I finished, I was, you know, like 40 years old and um, I had wanted this for so long and had been right. thinking about it so long that by the time I got to it, I just already knew that this is what I wanted. And um you know, I, I know some people struggle with like kashrus or um, being snus or th something like that. But for me, I I just was like, I'm all in. I'll do this. And that didn't mean I didn't have my struggles or that it wasn't hard. But I just knew that this is what I wanted. So, you know, Baruch Hashem, like I really feel blessed in that way that there wasn't anything that I was like, oh, no, I can't do that. Right. <laughs> you know, <laughs> right. I, I, I was okay with every I was okay with everything you know Baruch Hashem, Baruch Hashem. Yeah. Um, and should stay that way you know like stay easy so you talked yeah, about now I wouldn't say it was always easy <laughs> no okay so it, what you yeah say? it wasn't it, no it wasn't always easy I mean I think because it's so different than the wor world you know we came from the secular world even though I was ready and committed and just jumped right in and did it, I mean, it's it's still a struggle because you don't know all the halachos. You don't know right. like how to do it, you know? So you're you're doing the best you can. So I, I'm, I'm saying like, I didn't struggle to start. Like I wasn't the type of person, let's say, who was like, well, I'll start with shorter skirts and then gradually, you know, I went like a full dive, you know, right. into this, this thing, but you know, at the same time, I think like anything, even though you're doing it, you think, oh, am I doing this right? Or you make a lot of mistakes, you know, right. like with kashras or even um, keeping Shabbos. It's, yeah. I would have flip on lights when I shouldn't or, you know, like just yeah. out of habit, you know, you're right. not used to it. So um, it just takes time. It's a process. And I think not being hard on yourself 
and um, while you're in the um, you know the process, just to know, hey, it's okay. You're not Jewish yet. You're not responsible for these things, and take each mistake or each hardship as kind of a learning tool, you know. So. Right, right. That's it's not going to be easy, but yeah. I actually bought, you know, that it exists, those things that you paste right before your uh, switch. And oh. it just like prevents you for, for, for like from tapping it. Because like it happens, you know, like or something falls, something falls on top of it. And I just recently realized that those things exist. <laughs> like, that's amazing. I know yeah. I need to get We should have like known <laughs> years ago, but you know. <laughs> right, right. So that's the kind of stuff I'm talking about, you know, like we just don't know these products exist and right. we don't know the, right. the tips and tricks that maybe our it's friends. True. Yeah, and you like know. you said, it's an adjustment. It's true. You come from a whole different yeah. lifestyle. What was the biggest like adjustment for you? Like, because mm. you, you kind of like grew up religiously, like a different religion, Very. but it was like religiously. So yeah. was there like, did you feel like there was some like a really big adjustment that you had to make or run it like rather smoothly? Um, some things were smooth. So like I grew up dressing modestly and we had food restrictions, even though they were different. So, you know, kashrus wasn't a, a big issue or anything, but I think the Shabbos observance, because my idea of what work is, is not exactly the same as what the Torah defines work as. So it was always surprising to me when I would find out, really, you can't do that? You, you know, it would surprise me, you right. know, because I always thought like, you know, you can't, you can't sweep or you can't take out the trash. I thought those things would be work, but right. it was, it was not what I expected, like climbing a tree. I would never think that that was considered, you know, work. So it, it that was a big adjustment, trying to right. learn all about that and and remember all of it and it's still I mean it's it's something I have to it's study a lot. Turning a lot. What, you know like <laughs> right and then from those there there are all these little things branching off from so, yeah yeah so that I think was my biggest adjustment just trying to figure that out and and managing it because so how did you deal with that like what did you um, do to cope with that in a like in a good way um I I'm mic is off oops sorry i think no I apologize um uh i i'm a big believer you know knowledge is power and um i i think when you arm yourself with the tools you know of what you need to know then it, then things become easier so i was just studying and learning as much as i could and um and then just by reviewing over and over and asking a lot of questions, then I felt a lot more comfortable. Um, so that was helpful. But also I just knew that everything takes time. I knew that yes. I wasn't going to get it right on the first try, <laughs> you know, right. so, right. so it's true. practice. It's just practice. Like if you're riding a bike or learning to play piano, you know, you just, it takes time. So, right that's so true that's yeah. so true like I feel like it's with everything like that like I feel like sometimes people tell me that I really struggle with a certain thing but I feel like sometimes you really just have to push through and you, you'll be there like there is nothing really stopping us it's just all in our mind you know mm -hmm. right 
I, yeah. like, I really feel like that's um it's a it's a mindset that we should like continue to remind ourselves of mm-hmm. yeah keeping a positive mindset it yeah. can get you through so much so much right yeah. right and I feel like yeah. it's it's yeah it's important anyways you, you talked about like that you told your parents already twice so mm-hmm. how did you go about it the third time like how did you like go for it that you talk directly to them like hey listen that's it I'm just gonna go and be Jewish <laughs> yeah you know uh, once I started investigating you know for for this time this final time I just thought oh boy I'm really getting deep into this I I need to tell my family before because they'll they'll start noticing when I start dressing differently or not <laughs> eating you know so I said oh, I really have to do this but I was terrified I was just terrified so it's really interesting. I'm, um, you know, I am not Chabad, but because I was learning um, on Chabad.org so much, I, I had, um, I, I learned about the Rebbe a, a little bit, and I noticed his birthday was the 11th of Nisan, and my Hebrew birthday was the 12th of Nisan, and both of those days kind of fell on my actual birthday of 2019. And um, my, my mother and I were taking a trip to Las Vegas uh, to just for our birthday trip. And, and I was at the time a marketing director and I had Instagram. And so I was like, you know, as we were driving, as she was driving, I was like scrolling through the feed and things like that. And because it was his birthday, everybody was posting all these beautiful, beautiful quotes from the Rebbe. And, and I, it was all this stuff like you, you have to be, you know, like confident in, in your ju- Judaism and be strong, never be afraid of it, like speak your mind, you know, like all these quotes that were just telling me like, do it, do it, do it, you know, that's like it. that's how it felt like. Like to I said, giving was, you all that push. <laughs> yeah, because I knew I was like, I have to do this and it's my birthday. I don't, you know, I like I can't live one more year without this. And so I just thought, oh, when can I do this? But I thought I better not do it in the car because if it goes bad, you know, like there's nowhere to run. (laughs) So, so I thought, ah, when's the right moment? I just, I couldn't find the right moment. I was just so terrified. Um, And so it was so interesting though, when we got up to the hotel room, I thought, I just can't do this, but the hotel room was 770, which is a big number in Chabad. (laughs) And that just told me like, after hearing all these beautiful quotes all day and seeing that number, I thought, okay, Hashem, okay, you're trying to tell me something. So I did, I told my mother and it was a 180 degree turn. She was so supportive and was like, you know what? You've been talking about this your whole life and go for it. We, you know, we support you, we love you. Your mom is like the rabbi that you need to go three times to. Yes, that's <laughs> what I thought about. I thought, oh, wow, you know. <laughs> crazy and so you know Baruch Hashem, she's, she's been so supportive and my family is is being you know kind about things so um I know that's not the case for everyone but again I think I showed Hashem I was prepared for her to reject me but I had made the decision that even if it means my family turning me away this is what I wanted and needed to do right. so I think that's why he changed her heart and right, it's, right. it's so Plus beautiful everybody like like we said everybody is getting what they what they need you know mm-hmm. some people I know some people don't have 
contact with their families but you never know some families might really slug you up like you know what I'm yeah. saying so yeah not every family is really suited for right. to be close like to be in close contact with ha- having a Jewish life like you know because right. it's, right. it's a lot of boundaries like it's not really the same um I find like you know I don't know if yeah it's not the same no and it'll never be how it was but that's one of the things that you have to kind of ask yourself in the beginning when you're starting the journey is is it worth possibly having to give up your family or or family holidays or things like that right because how is like your relationship now like how is it different for you with your mom um, actually, it's, it's really great. It's really great. Um, we're very friendly and we talk a lot on the phone. Um, she's, she's so supportive. Um, I, I, Baruch Hashem, am just very lucky in that regard. So, you know, but, I, I, you know, sometimes she does still try to say her piece, you know, like, right, about, about right. like every mom, right, right. But I think she's accepted. I think also she sees how Judaism has changed me for the better and, and kind of molded me into like a better person. And she, she recognizes how good it is for me. So, right, right. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. So when was like your mikvah date again? Because that's now your your Hebrew, right? Your Hebrew birthday. Yeah, yeah. It's it's funny. I always wanted to do it by my 40th birthday. That's kind of the date I had in mind. Right. Like I had mentioned a few minutes ago, my old date was the 12th of Nisan. And I got to go to the mikvah on the 8th of Nisan of this year. Oh, it's really right close. Before Pesach. <laughs> yeah, very close. I I I thought, oh wow, that's pretty pretty funny. So did you yeah, ask him just... like, wait, let's wait, let's wait a little bit? <laughs> I was going to, I was going to ask them, but as as you know, like it's right before Pesach, right. and they're so busy. It's a busy time of year for rabbis. So I was like, you know what, this is perfect. This is Hashem's <laughs> date. Yeah, this is Hashem's day, and I, you know, I, I couldn't be happier. So. <laughs> So how has yeah. it been since then? Like, tell me what what has changed for you? Like, what yeah. was it like for you coming out that mikvah and like just being Jewish? It's incredible to be honest. Like, um, even since the beginning of starting this process, that hole that I mentioned earlier it feel filled up, you know, and I I feel like a hundred percent myself. I feel genuine and light, and I don't know. It just feels so refreshing to be who I was meant to be. Um, so that's the positive side of it. On the other side of it, it's sometimes a challenge because now we're responsible for keeping all of the mitzvot. So it's it's scary sometimes because we're humans and we make mistakes and we have a Yitzhahara and we have, you know, yeah. it's it's difficult because now I feel like really guilty if I make a mistake or just, you yeah. know so that's <laughs> that's the hard part but um at the same time just like through the gear process you just have to be gentle with yourself and you know Hashem created Jeshuva you know he created repentance so that we can keep always working and, and building and improving ourselves so overall this experience has been so worth it so incredible and I just feel like myself for the first time. (laughs) Yeah, it's it's really beautiful. Like, you know, 
but I, I definitely like remember what you said. Like I remember after my mikvah having this like holy yetzer, you know, like yeah. a yetzer that it's letting you know you're so holy, you're so pure. You just came out of the mikvah, yeah. you're like a reborn. So you have to do everything perfect. And yeah. it's such a, you know, it's such a pressure that you put on yourself. Like right. <laughs> I remember like feeling that and remember I got my mikvah on a, a Thursday so it was right mm -hmm. before Shabbat. And wow. I remember, you know, obviously we were moving apartments and everything. And I, I light my candles with oil. Mm. It's just, you know, like it's a humrah. And I, I just also like it. I like to yeah. watch it with oil. I never saw candles. Before I became Jewish, I never saw candles lit with oil. So right. I just like Neither it. I. <laughs> I feel like it's pure. <laughs> like every everything we want to do, we want to do things in the purest way. Um, and... I, I just couldn't find my candlesticks with those glass cups for my oil, for my oil. And my husband said, said like, what's the big deal? Just take like a tea light, tea light. And I was like, no, I'm not doing that. This is like my first Shabbos. <laughs> and you think I'm gonna light with a tea light, but I ended up not finding them. And I got uh -huh. so, so upset. Like, you know, oh. like, yeah, like, it's like, this is like the Holy Yetzirah because you want to do things so, so like the best way possible. Right, right it's hard you're putting so much pressure on yourself because it's already hard and Hashem sending you already like different tests yeah. to see if, is this still like in her or if it is it like chetzi chetzi you know right right yeah, yeah it's some, tough. like if you had some experiences <laughs> like that as well um you know I can't think of specifics but right but no but it's true you know it's there are times when I feel the Yitzhar is like kind of like little challenges or little things and I have to really be careful and say how am I going to handle this you know but like we said at the beginning of of this that you know it's a tool book you know it's a tool guide for us and and we can it it gives me what I need to try to figure out the difficulties of life. So, right. you know, I'm, I'm human. I, I stumble, I fall, I, you know, make mistakes, but for the most part, you know, um, I'm able to pick myself up and that's what Judaism is about. It's elevating the mundane and, you know, and picking yourself up when you make those mistakes and, and continuing on. It's, it's about the journey, not the destination. Right. And, so true. You know, yeah. So true and it's a beautiful journey oh, um so beautiful yeah. Yeah. <laughs> just one last question like before we're gonna like round this up what is like i know your your favorite mitzvah but like if you could share it your favorite mitzvah and your favorite chagim ah yes great questions um <laughs> yeah my favorite mitzvah is probably chesed i love to help others like it just fills me with such joy um and that's something that i really dive into hashem asking him if i could be you know like a messenger for him you know if someone needs something use me like what an honor that would be if he could use me to help them and um i I love it. It's just something that really brings me a lot of joy. And then I think my favorite holiday would have to be Pesach, actually. Obviously. Um, <laughs> I was like thinking that, but obviously. Um, but, you know, I, I think the reason why is because I, I went through such struggles and difficulties and for such a long period of time, I felt it was like my own personal Mitzrayim. You know, I felt like I was 
captive. And, and then I really saw so many little miracles that Hashem made happen and made possible that released me from that bondage. And now I'm free. I feel like now that I'm Jewish, my soul is free. And so I so strongly relate to that story. Um, you know, and, and then I, I don't know, because of also my birthday is near that time. And, and that was my yeah. first real Jewish, you know, as a Jewish soul, like the holiday. Yeah, I think that's beautiful though, because you say like, I feel finally free. And it's funny though, because a lot of people, ask me or I'm sure they ha they have asked you that before as well like there's so many halakhot like what made you don't you feel like restricted and I think it's beautiful that you said like no I feel actually so free right yeah because I mean it's difficult it's not easy there's a lot of rules but oh did something Oh, sorry. I, I'm sorry. I thought something happened on my phone. Sorry. No, no. I think I think something happened with mine. I don't know what happened. But we're back. Okay. Anyway, so what are you saying? This is like Hashem telling us. That's it. The recording will stop. <laughs> yeah. No. I I just feel like you know it's it's worth it. But it it's again it's that blueprint for living your life. And so if you look at it like that, as it's it's a guide for making you the best version of yourself, then right. then it's it's more manageable it's not like all these restrictions it's it's like wow you know it's just it's, telling it's you mindset. yeah it's telling you what's best for you before you will fall and figure it out that that was really what best for you <laughs> exactly <laughs> so yeah but yeah I'm, I'm so so honored that you came on my podcast to share your story and do you have any like last words that you want to say to the ladies that are listening Oh, thank you so much for having me. And, um, you know, I think the thing that I've been trying to reiterate through this whole thing is just have faith because anything is possible when you have faith. Um, and it doesn't matter what stage you're at in your in your own personal journey, whether you've been from from birth or whether you're just starting thinking about even, you know, pursuing a cure. Um, just just start talking to Hashem, you know, like he's there, he's our father and, and he loves you so, so much. So, you know, you can always just have a conversation, even if you don't know how to pray or, you know, it doesn't have to be like out of a book or a certain thing, just talk to him, tell him how you're feeling, what, what you need, what, what you're looking for in life, speak to him about your goals. Because once you start that connection and, and start really discussing your life with him, it's, it's like he starts talking back and, you know, right. like obviously not in real words, but you will start to see Hisham's hand in everything in your life. Right. So don't be afraid to just, you know, some people aren't as, as familiar with prayer or comfortable with prayer as others, but, you know, it, it can feel awkward sometimes just like speaking to space, you know, like you're like, oh, I'm talking to myself, but no, like really visualize this loving father cares about you. And, and no matter where you are on your journey, never, you know, never think that you're alone because Hashem loves you very much and, right. and he wants the best for you. That's so true. And so that those are beautiful words to just 
uh, like close this amazing episode off. I, I feel like I've, I've learned so much, like just by talking to you about your journey and everything, we, you. you know, like it's so funny because we come from different worlds and we just have like still similar experiences in a way, you know, like they say, like Gerim, they really just like are like sisters. And I really feel <laughs> that, that that's like, I really feel that to be true. So again, thank you so much. I'm really, really honored that you came on Lovelya to share your story. And um, yeah, to those listening, um, thank you so much for tuning in. And um, I hope you'll uh, be tuned for the next episodes. And if you like this, please do share it with your friends and your family members and anyone who might be interested. Um, But please do remember that this is a woman-only podcast. And um, thank you so much and love, Leah.